0: Good morning. This is Tracy from Getting to Know ACS with- Jasmine. And Tracy, of course. And today we're gonna be talking to Mr. Richard Fairley from our financial readiness program. Um, Rich is one of our financial specialists at uh, ACS and he's gonna give us some information about financial readiness. So let's just go ahead and jump in. So Rich, just in, you know, as few words as possible, how, give us an overview of what financial readiness is, what's it about?
1: Okay, so one of the main things here with our financial readiness program is just providing just basic financial education and guidance for our service members, our families, uh, retirees and um, even surviving spouses and surviving uh, family members and stuff like that. So. Just basically to make sure whatever assistance they need, whether it's creating a budget, help with credit, um, helping understanding home buying, purchasing a car, investing, whatever topics they may want to discuss, we have the expertise for free to help them so they can, they can come get some of this good information that we got. Okay. Outside would pay me a lot of money to do what I do for for soldiers for okay. free.
0: For, well, kind of for free. You're getting paid. Well, but, so. but <laughs> the soldiers the
1: soldiers don't pay me directly. That, you that, know, so. That, so they're getting the yes. service. Yeah,
0: they're getting the service for free. So, Jasmine, you know, you're you're new. Yeah. So what what are some of the things that you want to know about financial readiness?
2: So what I didn't know was you actually give advice. Then, like somebody can come to you and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this purchase." And you will be like, all right, let's look at the numbers and see if that's a good idea.
1: Well, and the way I look at things, I'm an educator. Right. So my main purpose and my main intent is when I get a client, number one, I want to see where they are. And then we can talk through where you want to go. Okay. So once you tell me what you want to do and we evaluate where you are, then I can help you develop a plan to accomplish what you need to accomplish. So, you know, if you're talking about buying a car, I'm just going to ask you some basic questions. Hey, um, number one, how's your budget? You know, how much extra money do you have available to do it? Um, Considerations on the car, new or used? Um, How's your credit score? So we just go through the different scenarios so I can give you all the education and information so you can make an educated decision. I don't tell people what to do.
0: So what if I don't have a budget?
1: Then we're going to help you create one.
0: Okay, so... On the budget, because, you know, it's hard for people to follow a budget. Right. So when you're looking at putting a budget together, do you, are you like, okay, you're spending too much over here, or you, you know, you need to quit going out to eat every day. That type, I mean, so what is the budget going to consist of?
1: Well, it it actually consists of of everything, because one of the key things I I find out when I sit out with people to do a budget Uh is we go through a course the incomes right. then we go through the outcomes you know where the money's going and a lot of times we get down and one question I will ask them is how much money do you normally believe that you have left over at the end of the month okay and they'll give me a number and then I show them what our sheet says
0: okay so were you going to say something to no me? no okay so with the when you do the budget do you find that a lot of times you get pushed back when you're trying to set up a budget with somebody, do they give you pushback or?
1: Occasionally. Okay. Um, not too often because, I mean, not being funny. I'm not a small guy. Okay. So <laughs> some, 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 people, some people, when they talking to me and between my voice and the way I present myself, sometimes there's a little intimidation factor there. Okay. And then a lot of times I'm a retired first sergeant, so they see all my first sergeant stuff behind me, so they like.
0: Oh, you go in the first-start mode. Not, yeah, let's <laughs> that's us not what, mess with this guy. That's what happens. You go in the first-start mode. But most,
1: <laughs> most of the time, honestly, I don't really have that issue because I try to – I'm very empathetic. Uh-huh. So I try to put myself in that person's situation. And right. I try to explain to them not only what I'm advising but why I'm advising it.
0: Okay. So moving on from a budget, when you're looking at investing, mm-hmm. so can you help somebody – Decide how they want to invest their money, you know, if they want to be aggressive with their money, if they want to go, you know, the safe route. It's like, okay, I'm only going to, mm-hmm. I only want to invest a small amount. Or maybe they have an ideal of where they want to invest. Like, okay, I want to invest in this company. Can they come to you and find out your opinion?
1: Yes. Um, now, I can't give anybody any specific, you know, investment advice. Right. But still, it goes back to the education piece let's talk about why you want to invest this way right have you looked at this option to see if it's better for you Mm -hmm. you know we still go back to the budget because if you don't have some extra money you don't have a good emergency fund and a reserve fund we don't need to be talking about investing we need to make sure you got your foundation (laughs) solid first Uh, but once you build your foundation yeah we can talk through all the different options and I just explain the risk levels
0: okay okay cool so what you got for me
2: I don't have, like I said, I don't know too much about investments, but I've been learning through you know, working with you. Um, I guess what would be the biggest tip you would give somebody starting out with investments, right? Like if they're scared because they're like, oh, the market goes down and then you have nothing. And
1: Well, some of the key tips I would give, I kind of look at life and finances in three phases. Number one is taking care of current lifestyle. Right. Second thing we really need to think about is retirement. And the reason being because there aren't many jobs that offer a pension now. Retirement is going to be based off the individual. So if that individual doesn't get some type of general understanding that I have to be putting some money into some type of retirement plan and start planting that seed early, then my retirement plan may be a thing called death. Okay, so <laughs> I just try to educate people, hey, I don't want you to work till you die. Not that I'm at death, but, you know. Yeah, so, um, but then once you... Get yourself established dealing with your current stuff right you build your savings so you prepare for the what is alike. like. because i tell people it's just like this it's just like hiding, uh hide and seek it's like trouble sitting behind the tree like ready or not here i come yeah, that <laughs> is so if you prepare for it then it's no big deal but if you're not it can be a significant emotional event right so if we can get you taken care on that part get you started planning for your retirement because again right now jobs don't offer a pension right Social security is not guaranteed guaranteed to anybody right now and if people don't start understanding that things have changed and I have to change my thought process with retirement
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you're gonna find yourself behind the power curve right so once you can get those things pretty much on autopilot and get those established then you can start talking about investments that we don't have to wait till we retirement age to get okay so I try to explain to people all the time one of the key things is thinking about your money today as fruit. Uh, okay. What's your favorite fruit? Um, I don't know.
0: Don't know? <laughs> no, go ahead. What's your fruit? Strawberries. For Strawberries. Me. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm going like to use it. an apple,
1: for example, because okay. most people can relate to an apple. <laughs> you know, we want to enjoy the apple. And we eat the apple. And it's good while we eat it, right? Mm-hmm. But most consumers, we take that apple and we'll get to the core and we throw away the seed. Right. But a farmer take those same seeds, plant them in the ground, oh. which produces more trees. <laughs> And I try to get them to understand the tree doesn't grow overnight. It takes some time for that tree to grow, but it has to be planted early so it can grow the tree. Mm -hmm. But once the tree starts producing, it's going to continue to produce more and more and more. And the more time that you have, the better chance you have of producing more fruit, reaping more benefits. So I want people to enjoy the fruit of their labor. But remember, some of that fruit... Uh-huh. Got a seed that you're supposed to be planting somewhere in an asset.
0: Okay, I like yeah. how you explain that. That's that's a good acronym there. Okay, it I like it. makes complete sense It makes now. complete <laughs> sense. So how do you, um, your clients that come in, do they normally know that they are coming in or are they referred to you guys? I mean, do people come in there voluntarily or is there initial contact with you because they have to see you?
1: Both. Okay. Um, we, we do have some clients that just, Volunteer to see us we go out and we do a lot of unit training. So once we do our unit trainings We do that to kind of peak a lot of our soldiers to come in and see us on specific things okay. But sometimes we do have soldiers and we deal with chain of commands to let them know hey if your soldiers are, are having issues And you're identifying red flags mm-hmm. you can re- command refer them to come to see us. Okay, so um, We do have quite a bit of that and um, I think that's very important
0: So I know I know you don't do AER. Okay which AER, for those of you who don't know what AER is, is Army Emergency Relief, okay? So do a lot of your clients come to you from AER?
1: Yes, Um, and it's not that I don't do AER, because sometimes we do um, assist and I I, I can help out with AER. Right. It's just not my primary uh, duty, but yes, AER, we work hand in hand, so if AER is working with a client and they're noticing different trends mm-hmm. that are going on with that, that service member or the spouse, or uh, they will refer them over to us okay. so that way we can count. They're going to help them. Right. But we need to deal with the bigger issue of mm-hmm. what's going on with you so we can help you um, avoid having to come back and get, be a, a repeat borrow
0: (laughs) okay so and for those that don't really know what AER is we will have someone to come in and speak about AER specific but in a nutshell can you give us just a little synopsis of what AER actually is
1: absolutely Um, and to me AER is one of the best programs that is provided for our service members and our families um, Army Emergency Relief is a nonprofit, but it's soldiers taking care of soldiers. So right. soldiers contribute, and then when our soldiers are find themselves in financial challenges and situations, they're able to come to AER and get that financial assistance. And the reason why it's so important is because, based off the Military Lending Act, um, entities, financial entities, can charge our service members up to thirty-six percent interest. Oh wow! So with AER, AER can only help you in three ways. It's either going to be an interest-free loan. A grant or a combination of the two. Okay. So if you borrow two thousand dollars, you're gonna pay back exactly two thousand dollars or less. Where if you go outside, you may borrow two thousand, but you end up paying back by thirty-two, thirty-four hundred. Right. So. so it's all about helping, take care about us taking care of ourselves. Right. And um, there's a lot of categories that AR can assist with. Of course, there's some that we can't. But we try to find a way to say yes right. to make sure we're providing the best help for our community to make sure our service members aren't being taken advantage of somewhere else that's going to kind of just lead them in a cycle where they have to end up always owing somebody else money.
0: Right. I think that's wonderful because, like you said, I, I agree with you that um, AER and financial readiness, those are some pivotal um, programs that are available to the soldiers just because – they're free. right? And, you know, people who are in the civilian sector, they have to pay good money for those services. And a lot of times what's happening is that our soldiers don't know that these services are available. And that's one of the reasons why we're here, right. you know, for you to get to know us. You mentioned earlier, um, you made a comment about social security. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we had that whole freeze where yeah. social security wasn't being taken out of people's checks and i think the service members it wasn't being taken out if i if i'm incorrect let me know
1: no so um the whole deferral plan for everybody that was in government we didn't have an option right so they took those funds between um between august and december so they didn't the soldiers were getting a little extra money during that time frame because they weren't taking that out but the plan initially was to take that money back between January and April, Right. which honestly I was very concerned because they were going to take the regular amount and on top of that add the additional amount. So, if a service member was paying $150, they were going to pay another $150 almost um, for those months. Right. So they went back and looked at it and they made a decision to stretch it out over the entire year, okay. so it's not adding so much stress on uh the service members and the government employees so i think that was a great thing that they did um to be honest it, and it kind of evens out because most people have got a pay raise during the time frame and all that stuff so most people won't really see a huge difference in it okay. but i was very concerned about that january to april thing so i'm glad somebody made some decisions to to stretch that out
2: yes thank
0: goodness so what's up jasmine
2: I have nothing on that. So I didn't. I didn't know too much about the social security until we had talked last time. So right. I, That I was just like I don't even think people are prepared for that type of because I thought it was going to be at a chunk, right? Like right. they were just going to be like, all right, here's taxes, give it, <laughs> right? Like yeah. give it back to Come me. On. So,
0: where we were going to, you know, where people were going to end up being in more debt mm-hmm. because they were taking it out in one lump sum, right? You know, and I think that was one of the things where you didn't have a choice, you know. Fortunately, we were able to have a choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, me as a, a as DOD a good, right. uh,
1: employee, I, I wasn't given the choice. So right. um, some entities did, some, some didn't. So again, it's just the education piece. And a lot of that you know, goes back to some of the basic things. Um, it still interests me how many soldiers I talk to and they're like, I'm not tracking. And I have to tell them, you know, your LES, all this information is on the bottom of your LES. Right. Just take some time and read it. Leaders take some time and read it and explain it to your soldiers. Right. So um, there's a lot of stuff uh, when it comes to finances is things that are hidden in plain sight. Right. So the information is there, we just don't see it or acknowledge it.
0: So do you find that, you know, a lot of times I think a lot of our younger soldiers get a bad rap, you know, and maybe rightfully so, but do you find that you also have seniors you know soldiers who have been in for a while that also don't know how to invest and when it comes time for them to retire they are totally unprepared
1: it is interesting that you bring that up because the trend that i see now this new generation they are more willing to take risk okay than some of the other generations And part of the reason why is conditioning and education. Um, Prior generations were trained to, well, well, the best way I could put it (laughs) is work, say, and wait. Okay. So now these generations are understanding. You know, that's why you have more of an entrepreneur thing. They're willing to step outside the bounds and outside the norm. You have a lot of them that are working gig jobs. So the whole normal conformity of a lot of stuff that, like my generation and prior generations were in, right? New generations, they like, I'm ready, because they don't want to work all their life.
0: They no. they want to have fun, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. They, it's like I want to get my money. I want to go out and I want a vacation. I want to be doing all this, right? Or I don't want to work a nine to five for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Yeah.
2: And with technology, it's easy to see, like, that's possible, where the generation before, they had nothing to go off. So if you didn't know that was a lifestyle possibility. Right. right?
1: And and going back to even, I I would say I have more of a challenge now with some of the older people. Right. And the reason being, and I tell people this all the time, um, things have been changing in America over the decades. Right. But people's mindset are still stuck in a plan that doesn't work. Okay. Like we talked about pensions. Oh, right. The fact that most jobs don't offer a pension. Now, if you go back to some people's grandparents, they would go on a job, they would work it all their adult life. Gold watch, pension. Right. So that was one thing they had. Two, Social Security. Right. Three, they couldn't get debt as easy as everybody can right now because all of (laughs) us can go out and get a credit card or whatever we want. It might have 40%
0: interest, but we can get it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) but you had some of them that would be married and probably have a child and still be staying in their mama's house or their parents' house until they were able to save up enough to do that. Right. Then, unfortunately, life expectancy wasn't that long. Right. So companies didn't have a problem paying you for a few years. Uh The government didn't have a problem paying you for A few years, Mm -hmm. and you didn't have a bunch of debt by the time you got to retirement age. Right. But fast forward to today, average life expectancy for a male in America is 78. Right. Women outlive men by average of four years. So (laughs) I don't know what what y'all got going on, (laughs) but y'all spread the wealth. (laughs) But people are living longer, so companies couldn't afford to pay somebody who retired 60 and lived to 80. Right. (laughs) 20 years worth of paying. Right. Right. And then Social Security is the whole other issue because the baby boomers. And uh, a lot of people lot don't, of they like, they don't <laughs> understand that baby boomers, you know, people were going off the war, they were coming back. Marvin Gaye hadn't song, let's get it on yet, but uh. that's what was happening. <laughs> so they were coming back, Big, biggest population growth in America. Right. So all those people are retiring now. So they're sucking up all that money and they living forever. Yeah, they. Mm-hmm. So people don't understand that the money that's coming out, there checking out for Social Security. It's just sustaining those people. Right. So that's why they're saying if there's not some reform in the next 10 to 15 years, Social Security will not exist as it does today. So I tell people now, that's why you got to take ownership of your retirement. Um, I, I talk to people in this concept. I want you to start baking your cake. Okay. Now, if you get to retirement and you have your Social Security icing on top of your cake, then your cake is sweeter. But if you don't have the icing, at least you baked your cake.
0: Okay, at least I got a cake. (laughs) It might not be as good, but I got a cake. (laughs) It's all right. So
2: here's a question. What is a good number, let's say 18, 19-year-old, right? They're thinking retirement. Because I feel like a million dollars seems like a lot. But if you're just living on that retirement, is that really a lot? Or should they, you know, try to aim for more so that they can, you know, have like a, a, a number in mind, I guess?
1: Here's the thing. A lot of people now they try to push you to think that million dollar mark Mm -hmm. because believe it or not, that first million is the hardest thing to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Once you reach one million, it's easy to to duplicate that. So, the younger people is just getting them to understand number one, start early. Yeah, right. Uh, The earlier you start, the more time you have that money to work. Right. The more time it works, and the better rate of return you get. So basically, the the harder that money is working for you, the less you have to work. Okay. So, for instance, I, I had a young lady come see me this week, 19 years old. Went on deployment, came back, no debt, and saved all her money since she's been in the military. Oh, wow. Now, she's doing TSP, but she didn't, she don't have access to her TSP, which is something I have to deal with every day. Um, so, we're taking care of that, but she's like, I want to go buy a car. So, we talked through the car piece. Um we talked through the money, because she's like, I need to put this money to work. And I'm looking at her like, you're 19. Yep. I start to call my son and tell him, look, <laughs> hey, you need you to come need- out here and meet this young lady, because <laughs> okay. she got her stuff together.
2: <laughs> so, there you go. So she's already
1: thinking in that mindset. So she's like, when I come back, she's like, I'm going to leave. When I come back, I want to set another appointment, because I want to look at this stuff, and I want to, want to get. So at, at the rate she's going, and with the stuff I'm gonna share with her, is she even just does a portion of it. Uh-huh. Technically, she'll be on the path to be a millionaire before she's 35.
0: Right. So when you have stories like that. Yes. How's that, you know, how does that make you feel, personally, to know that you're contributing to this young lady being a millionaire?
1: <laughs> For me, that's the main purpose why I even come to work. Okay. Um, I will share this. I was, at one point, a broke soldier. OK. And what happened is my life changed and I got tired of being broke. So I had to take the time out to learn a lot. A lot of things that I share and I teach. I had to learn to myself. Right. So fortunately, I got to the point where when I retired from the military, it was my choice. If I want to work, I could work. Right. If I didn't, I didn't have to. hmm. But I was like, if I'm going to work, I wanna position myself to do something that I enjoy doing. I enjoy helping people. Okay. So especially me being a soldier all my adult life, if Mm -hmm. I can help more soldiers understand this, especially at nineteen and twenty. Right. That's a to me that's like the best feeling in the world. And I feel honestly that's where my blessing comes from. Right. Helping other people is what helps me to achieve and my happiness and me pursue things that I enjoy doing. So they say if you enjoy what you're doing, it's not work. Right, right, exactly. So for me, it's like a dream scenario. I get to come in and do something I enjoy doing, helping a population of people that I absolutely love. Yes. Yeah. So well, that's, that's my that's my passion. That's why I love what I do.
0: That is, you know, that's one thing about ACS. Um, Most of the people, I will say, I won't say everybody, because you right. know you're never gonna get 100%. But I think most people that work at ACS are very passionate about what they do. And that is why our ACS, I can't speak for all ACSs, but I can speak for Fort Bliss. I believe that's why our ACS is so successful, you know, where you have people at other installations talking about what we do here, Mm -hmm. because we really do have a group of people who are passionate and who want to help the soldiers and their families. We want to help them succeed. You know, we want to make sure that they're set up for success after they leave the service. Mm -hmm. You know, and with you being in there and the way that you speak about what you're doing and how you love helping the soldiers and stuff, that just speaks volumes, Mm -hmm. you know, for what is actually going on at ACS. Yeah. So
1: And I think it's huge anyway, and you gotta keep focus on this. It's Army community service. There you right. go. If you're not right. serving the Army community, you need to find somewhere else to go. Thank
0: you, say yes. that again for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. Army
1: community service. Mm-hmm. You have to serve the Army community. That's if right. If you work in ACS and you got another focus outside of that that's not the place for you.
0: Exactly, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Like you got to have a heart for taking care of the service members, the families, the retirees, and those who have made that sacrifice to serve because everybody doesn't do it.
0: Thank you, Rich. That's what I'm talking about. So, you know, thank you so much for coming and sharing your knowledge with us, you know, giving us a little bit of a more view of what financial readiness is all about um so that people can see who they're going to actually be talking to or hear who they are actually talk to about their finances and knowing that you're passionate about it and like you said you were once a broke soldier so you can help them get past being that broke soldier so we truly appreciate you coming on here speaking with us today And Jasmine, do you have any closing words you want to say to Rich?
2: Yeah, just the same. Thank you, because I feel like, you know, most people think that you're going to just tell them what to do. But Mm -hmm. because you're educating, like, they could take that even when they get out or if they choose to go a different route. You know what I mean? So that that is a big impact. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And before I go, too, I just want to touch on this, too. Can you help, you know, like, if uh, you have a service member who has teenage children, can you help them? help their children come up with a plan like can they schedule an appointment with you to sit down and talk to their you know maybe their seniors or juniors in high school
1: absolutely i i I wish more people would do that okay um so y'all heard
0: it here bring the kids yeah Yeah. and and to be (laughs) honest i
1: for me the more of a a family dynamic we have Mm -hmm. the better it is Right. Like when I have service members come, I love when they come and the spouse comes with them.
0: Right.
1: I love when they have teenagers. And then, again, I'm about educating. So the more that they learn, then the more they can teach.
0: So Mm -hmm. that's
1: a cool thing. And even with our Facebook page now, we have a financial readiness uh, Facebook page for Fort Bliss. And those are some of the things that I share on there, tips that parents can give to their kids so they can start training them early. Okay. Um, like,
0: Dropping a few little gems yeah. every now and then. Yeah. Okay. Because some people aren't like me. Yeah, I, okay.
1: I'm, a, I'm a bit of a, a militant. So, okay. like, my, my I got a son that's 20 years old. And during the summers, he thought he was just going to hang out and chill. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, son. Yes. Here's your book for the summer. <laughs> Get educated. You need yeah. to read this and you need to understand this because okay. I'm going to test you. Yeah. And if you don't pass my test on the summer, then you're going to have some restrictions on you during the school year. Uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So,
1: you know, sometimes it's, it's again, we got to change the mind, the thought process. We are waiting on somebody else to always teach finances. Right. When we need to really learn, even as parents, so that way we can break those generational curses there of go. financial illiteracy mm-hmm. and start educating them early so they get an understanding okay.
0: so yeah. we're gonna um do something special uh with our financial we're gonna actually do a giveaway okay so whoop we're gonna whoop. yeah whoop whoop. So excited. <laughs> yes this is jasmine's thing <laughs> she wants to give away all of acs <laughs> all the knowledge all, all, the, all the knowledge so we're gonna give away we're actually going to give away two books um that rich is going to supply to us um Do you know the names yet?
1: Sure. Uh, One (laughs) book I'm going to give is called Money, Master the Game by Tony Robbins. Okay. Um, And another one is going to be The Automatic Millionaire by David Bach. Okay. I think those are two phenomenal books that give you a full viewprint of a lot of different things.
0: Okay. So the way that you can win these books um, is going to be the first two people that call into ACS. And because I've worked at ACS for a number of years and I don't know any phone numbers, (laughs) Jasmine, give them the phone number. You
2: guys can call me at 915-568-9129.
0: And just mention that you heard it on the podcast, and we will make sure that you get those books. Um, We'll arrange for you to come through and pick them up. So, again, Rich, thank you for coming out and talking with us, talking financial readiness with us. And this is Tracy...
2: And, Jasmine, don't forget to subscribe and click on that bell so you get notified of our next podcast.
0: Yep, getting to know ACS. Y'all have a great day. Yes. All right, till next time. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.